0: cast your memories back to the 26th of March 2005, although some of you might not have been born, which is weird to say. Today we remember the Doctor Who Series 1 episode, Rose. Um, welcome to any new listeners, to any returning listeners, um, welcome back. Liam I've wrote, we are the northeast most some blank Doctor Who podcast. I didn't write blank, but I had to fill in the word. Um, can you think of a word on the spot?
1: Oh, it says blankety blank. Um, I'm being positive we call it listened. The most listened northeast
0: Doctor Who podcast. Or the most northern. Northern. The most northern. Yeah. I'll take this. So, yeah, that's Liam there. Say hello, Liam. Hello, Liam. So yeah, coming up we're, talk- we're talking about Rose, we're finding out a bit more about the cast and crew, we've got some brilliant listener feedback. We're challenging Liam to a game of Hoodle, which is a bit like Wordle. Um, Liam, have you taken your bit out? Um, yes. Brilliant, so let's begin episode 96 of the to Bell podcast. Cloister Bell. Imminent disaster. The Cloister Bell? Yes. What's that? Well, it's a sort of communications device reserved for wild catastrophes and sudden calls to man the battle stations. That's the Cloister Bell. Don't worry about that for now. It's not really terribly significant. The Cloister Bell? Oh no. So, Liam, how are you doing?
1: Uh, Not too bad. I'm in desperate need of a break. What will work? Because I haven't had any time off for quite a while, so Mm. I'm Really getting quite grumpy and fed up with work. I just need, I just need a week off and I'll be happy. But yeah, it's uh, it's all good, not too bad. How about yourself?
0: Yeah, not bad. Uh, I've been a bit ill, so we didn't record last week. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm better now. Good, good. Um, yeah, all good. Yeah. Sorry, we had a week off. Everyone.
1: <laughs> yeah, haven't had a week off work, but I have uh, have had a week off the podcast. so yeah. that's something. That's something. Um, um, I did meet up uh, with a friend last week, and uh, we went to the cinema to see The Batman.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: And uh, I, I was disappointed with it. It's getting an, an awful lot of feedback, and I've, uh, I've spoken to quite a, well, I've said quite a few people. I've spoken to about a couple of people uh, who have seen it as well, and they absolutely love it. Um, so it's just me. I was a little bit disappointed with it. I, I, got to say, hang on, I'm trying to find it because um, I tweeted about it. I'm just trying to f- find the tweet because I <laughs> got an absolutely fantastic response to it. The typical Twitter Twitter response. But um, one thing I say is that I think the cast are really, really good. Um, it's very well cast. The actors are good. Uh, Robert Patterson, who I'm not very familiar with, but I think a lot of... I think you will be, Rob, and I know a lot of listeners probably will be because I know that he was in the Harry Potter films and he was in the twilight movies neither of uh, uh I haven't seen any of the twilight movies but he he's a really good batman
0: um that's interesting to hear because you'd kind of think haven't done what like five twilight movies um he's he hasn't been kind of typecast as that kind of role no no cuz I know Although that a is... vampire and a bat maybe he has been <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, in the same way that Christopher Lee was typecast, but you know, he had quite yeah. an interesting career. Um
0: yeah. Uh, yeah
1: no, I know I know no cuz Robert Pattinson has actually had quite a varied career and he's yeah. always done different things. Uh, it's just in terms of you know the big popular stuff. Um, you know it's it's Twilight. Um, but I know if he I think he's done rom-coms, he's been in you know various stuff. But no, he he did a really good job um, playing the Batman. Um the thing that I had uh, an issue with is that I've, I found that uh, the film was quite monotone. Like, it, it establishes a tone and, and establishes it really well, but sticks with it. It doesn't mm. vary. And, and, and so the, the viewing experience can be quite monotonous. And it's also the first movie I've watched where the the influence of video games is really, really apparent. Um so as soon as, as soon as the movie starts, I mean, I, don't worry, I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoil it for, in terms of, of plot or anything like that. But as soon as the movie starts, I'm going, oh, that seems something that you would, that I've seen in the Hitman games, and um, and there was a video game called Heavy Rain, which I think heavily influences this. And anyone, have you, heard, do you know Telltale Games? Yeah. Yeah, um, for those for any listeners who don't, they they did the, the they're mainly known for um, the Walking Dead video games, but they also did a couple of Batman ones as well, which which I played. And um, if you played the first series of the Telltale Batman game, it's um, plot-wise, it's um, I would say it's pretty much the same, really. I think it's okay. I think uh, the Batman's very very influenced by it. Um, but anyway, uh, so anyway, having gone to see it, I, I put this on the uh, on Twitter. I went just returned from the cinema, having seen the Batman. I'm sorry to say, but I didn't enjoy it. The cast were good, but the movie is very monotone. And I really think we need a return of some campy fun. I'm yearning for it now.
0: Bit of Clooney.
1: Well, not that bad, but um, I find that I. Th- I find that a lot of superhero movies are now kind of like taking themselves far too seriously. And I would like a, a bit more of a lighthearted approach. But anyway, that's just my personal take on it. Anyway, that tweet got, got this as a response. Weak opinion and horrible taste. Thankfully, Reeves and Patterson will continue after this near masterpiece and your opinion will remain irrelevant. Jeez. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who said
1: that? No, no, I'm not, I'm not going to name and shame. Name and me. shame. Um, but I just think, wow. Okay, I, fair enough. You like the movie, but I just—we
0: <laughs> should do opinion. a hall of shame for her tweets.
1: <laughs> I just love that. It just made me chuckle more than anything. It still makes me laugh. Um, and uh, but there's a part of it just got my opinion so irrelevant that you thought that you would respond to it anyway. But <laughs> hey ho. Um, but uh, I've spoken. I have spoken to some people who who really really like it. Yeah. Um, they've enjoyed it so. You know, it's it's probably
0: me going down a um, Winter Soldier route, being contrary. Yeah, I mean, I'm the same when it comes to the Dark Knight. I feel like everyone's just having us on that it's a good film.
1: Oh, did, oh, right, okay, that's interesting because I, I I do. I mean, it's been years since I've
0: watched it, but I quite like that. I, is that is so? You're not a fan of it. I don't know, not really. I, I liked I liked Batman Begins, and I feel like they all hmm. got progressively worse. I didn't go to the cinema to see The Dark Knight. Right, okay. But I, on DVD, I watched half of it, got bored. Three months later, I managed to watch <laughs> the second half. <laughs> right, okay. And everyone goes on like it's the second greatest film ever. And I just don't... I don't, I, I don't know, I feel like I'm missing something. Oh, Okay. I, don't well, unner- you know, I, I it, it, do not understand what people are talking about.
1: I, d- I mean, I, I'll need to re-watch it again, so I will, but my memory of it is that I thought it was quite a good film. I think I'm probably with you. I think of the trilogy, I think probably Batman Begins is the better film. Um, but I thought The Dark Knight was good. But uh, with all due respect to uh, Heath Ledger, who does i think does do a fantastic performance as the joker um for me i still think it's jack nicholson because in terms of the joker i think he nails it because you get the humor with that character and the danger Mm -hmm. you know it's the joker he has a he has a sense of humor it may be warped but there is that element there i think with heath heath ledger's joker he's He's really just you know more of an anarchist. There's no Joker joke element to him. Um, as as well as as good as I like those films, though, I do think they they did have a huge effect, um, yeah. both positive and negative, to superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Man of Steel I think is a very good exa- example of that, where you know you get uh, Superman, and but we need to go down the the Christopher Nolan route and take it. Try and ground it in reality and make it you know, mm. serious and a bit dark. And it's well, that's
0: just... a, maybe that's the thing with DC because mm. it's in my mind. Everyone's got their own perception, but uh, in my mind, D, the DC universe isn't the real world. Mm. That's one good thing about the Tim Burton films. It's not set in the real world. It's 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 all very gothic and very comic, and it's but with the Christian Bale films I think the whole point of it it's meant to be very real yeah and I th- it's it's lacking in something
1: No I I know what you mean it's um because I I do prefer the Tim Burton movies myself and I I like that um you see cuz I think the Tim Burton movies obviously they go more down the fantastical route but it it feels like it has one foot in reality a bit so it's it's not it it, it doesn't go fully down the fantastical route. You know, that there is something, you know, recognizable there, but you can suspend your yeah. disbelief and it's imaginative and I really like that approach. And I um I do miss that in mm. uh, an awful lot of current films. But Yeah.
0: But yeah, that's it. The Dark Knight. Not that great. <laughs> <laughs> Shall get some. But we're full for of that.
1: controversial opinions already.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh so I've watched Wonder Woman eighty eight. Was all right. Oh, I thought it was was it not eighty four? It may yeah it, yeah eighty four. Sure, I've just wrote that down wrong. Oh, all right, okay. Uh, any good? Yeah. Have you seen it? No. No, no, I haven't. Yeah, it. it was fine. Um, Chris Pine's character returns after dying in the first film. I'll not go into spoilers here, um, but that that was something that was revealed in the trailer, so I'm fine to say that. It was entertaining. It was fine. It was good. Yeah. I I, I went in not really being bothered to watch it and (laughs) I was entertained so that's a plus I also watched The Suicide Squad that'll be the the semi-reboot semi-sequel directed by James Gunn right okay Um, was (laughs) alright (laughs) meh should Uh, stick
1: that on the poster
0: yeah Um, I really want to watch The Batman but you've kind of bummed me out about that and i want sorry, to watch really? no sorry uh season two of picard started on um, amazon in the uk mm-hmm. um but i might um give it a few weeks um until i can um, binge a few of the episodes right okay uh but that's about it been um mainly just like sleeping when i've been ill mm-hmm. <laughs> anything um you've got on your watch list Well, I need to um, get back into watching Star Trek
1: because anyone who's listened to some of our most recent podcasts will know that I was watching the original series. And I think I'm roughly halfway through the first one. And it's been a few weeks since I've watched it, so I need to get back uh, back onto watching that. Um, In terms of other stuff, not really. BBC iPlayer recently, they've put all of 2.4 Children, all the episodes up. Ah, um, great, okay. Which... uh, for anyone who doesn't know, it was an extremely popular um, sitcom uh, in the '90s, uh, and I remember watching it as a kid, and just absolutely loving it. And so, um, so now that they're all available on iPlayer, I've been I've been going through um, the episodes. I'm up to series four now. Um, I've just been really, really enjoying it. It still makes me laugh, and it's good. And there's a, uh, and just going, oh, the '90s. Yeah, I miss those days. You get to go back. It w- it really would. Um, no phones. So- yeah, no mob, no more Four phones. channels, yeah. Yeah, but actually, because uh, Bill, who's the main character, that's, that's one of her gripes, the whole thing about, you know, Sky Television's just absolutely awful and, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, <laughs> them were the days. Oh, uh, and also One Foot in the Grave. All the episodes of that are on, which, again, was a, was a very popular um, sitcom in the 90s and early noughties. Yeah, I re- um,
0: re-watched those on Britbox a while ago.
1: Ah, okay, yeah. So, um, I've been... I'm only a few episodes into the first series, and I still still enjoy that.
0: Yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. Also, our website went down uh, a week before last. Oh, okay. I was a bit a bit concerned because it redirected to some kind of like it said close podcast dot com, and below mm-hmm. it had like like different kind of ad things. So I researched and I thought shit, um, um someone's. Stolen the website, oh, right? <laughs> I, like, like like hijacked the domain, and I thought oh, I should have should have paid extra for that domain secure. I ended up mm. getting on the phone to the hosting company. Um, turns out no, it was just it was just a, a little bug in the system. Oh right, okay, <laughs> but, yeah, well, that's bit good. of drama. <laughs> I was a bit good, I thought. Yeah, if the website's gone, it'd be a bit annoying. Yeah.
1: Well, actually, I've got a um. Uh, I've got a relative. I'm just trying to work out how I'm actually related to them. I'll just say they're a cousin and leave it at like that. Um, and their Instagram uh, account it suddenly was advertising, uh, investing in stuff. And I went, oh, this is really weird. It's not like them. And I went, yeah, mm, this looks dodgy. Uh, yeah, and their Instagram account was was hacked. And the thing is, they, they haven't been able to claim it back. Oh, um, right. So that's it. That That's their Instagram account lost and they've had to create a new one. And then that hacked... One sent me a message, uh, basically going, "I need your urgent help." Went right, well, you're getting reported and blocked. Um, so yeah, it's a bit. Oh. And then it's making me a bit apprehensive. Going, I hope that doesn't happen
0: to my, ca- but, my account. But hopefully not. No, um, I got a, a a message. I think it was it was the last year or the year before. But maybe last, last year actually. Um, a message from my stepdad, um, and it's like, "Hi, ha- how are you doing? How's the family?" Um, hope you're well. Um, we, you're in our prayers or something. And it, it wasn't the bit like uh, about praying for us that um, flagged Textual. my attention. Yeah, it was just the fact that he messaged me to say hello. <laughs> so, hang on. <laughs> so it's, it's up vicious. here, and I told my wife he he's messaged me to say hello, and he said this about praying, and. And my wife was, like, a bit concerned that he'd just gone off the hinge and murdered my mum. Oh, my God! Wow, Because it okay. sounded wrong. But, you know... Yeah. And then, it's been, he, it wasn't him. He'd been hacked.
1: Yeah, well, see, that's what my reaction would have been. Not, yeah. Not, oh, maybe there's a catchment... Not... Maybe he's turned into a murderer. <laughs> yeah. Bloody yeah. hell, okay.
0: But, yeah, my mum liked that. I said, um, it was just the fact that he said hello that <laughs> was a bit concerned. <laughs> Uh, so, a bit of news. Um, I noticed Christopher Eccleston had um, done a bit of a Sean Connery and said, um, you know, basically never say never, because he said he would he would return to the show uh, if, if it, hypothetically if he did return, he would say he said he would only return in a solo capacity, and not as a multi doctor story.
1: Yeah, I read that because basic, uh, basically the the gist of it was uh, I don't like multi-doctor stories. They're a cheap gimmick. I think was, yeah. basically. It was like, oh, all right, okay. Um, so yeah, if if he was to return uh, to the televised Doctor Who, it would only be basically him. Yeah. Any more Doctor Who news? No? Still waiting for the release date for the season 22 box set. Oh. Just uh, I thought you
0: would have released... Those s- dates are meaningless anyway. (laughs)
1: No, but you, I mean, the way that it's been is sort of, um, right, they they announce a release date, and then of course, right, when's it going to be announced that it's going to be delayed, then it gets delayed, but by a month, so it gives you a good indicator of when it's going to come out, it's just, you know, come on, you must have some idea. Yeah. Uh, We'll see. Yeah. Because I yeah. pre-ordered that as soon as it was announced. so It's just like, right, okay, come <laughs> on. I'm in the mood to watch Attack of the Cybermen. I mean, it may not be great, but... Or Vengeance on Varos. Because that's my favourite Colin Baker story. It's yeah. um, so like, come on! So, yeah. So, that's a case of non-Doctor Who news. Waiting for news. But
0: Yeah. So, they better get a move on. Yeah. <laughs> um... Uh, the After Show team have signed on for another live stream for Legend of the Sea Devils. Good, good. Another bit oh, of news. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. so um, that's another thing. We, we still haven't got the broadcast date for
0: that episode, have we yet? No. Like, is everyone just, just assuming it's Easter? I don't know. Mm. That's what I'm going with.
1: Yeah. Soon be
0: here. Soon be here. Um, I kind of confused you with that uh, that Brookside video I sent you.
1: Yes, you did. So, uh, uh, to advertise that, you, you put up a, a video of the, the Brookside title sequence, which, again, for for anyone who may not know, it was a controversial but popular um, soap opera broadcast in the 90s and, I think, early noughties. I can't for the life of me remember when it was cancelled. No uh, one yeah. was
0: probably watching at the end anyway, Liam, so it's okay.
1: Uh, yeah, it really... Uh, so... Yeah, the, the story of that... So it, it began in the late 80s as a, a, on Channel 4 as the soap opera which was set on a um, housing estate called Brookside Close, hence the title. And um, I think it didn't really do much, but it was when it started to broadcast some controversial um, uh, storylines, people suddenly got interested and then uh, the viewing figures shot up and got a lot of complaints and I think it had the first lesbian kiss on... Uh, on British television, you know, stuff yeah. like that. But then what happened was, uh, and then you had, you know, d- characters who were, you know, drug ad- drug addicts and stuff like that. But then, but then it, I think it really started to point when they ended up having a storyline of a brother and a sister who were in an incestuous relationship and people were just like, nah, this has gone a bit gross. Mm-hmm. And then it, it just, it was just trying to pull out all the stops to be as controversial as possible just to drum up the viewing figures, but it just, it died a death.
0: Um, yeah, I did yeah. check, and there are no Brookside podcasts. Um. All
1: right. Okay. <laughs> but um, because you confuse because there is a bit of a Doctor Who link because the uh Philip Oliver who plays Hex in the Big Finish audio adventures he started his career in Brookside. Um, yeah, and he, he,
0: he's also um, known for Hollyoaks as well.
1: Is he? All right, okay. Uh, which is another... Uh, that's still going, though, isn't it? Do people uh, still watch Hollyoaks? I don't know. Uh, anyway, that's another soap opera on, on Channel 4, I think. Um, all right, I didn't know he was in that. So, that, yeah, there was a bit of a Doctor Who connection. But anyway, am one, Because I was trying to find... The fact that you put up this thing about Brookside on... It was just like, what the hell is this about? And then you explained the context. And it was like, oh, all right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, we did the... Um the live after shows and yeah. in, when we did the first one about the Halloween apocalypse, we were talking about the character who uh, John Bishop's character mm-hmm. his mother we were thinking, oh that uh, a liver, liver accent doesn't sound very convincing uh, and then someone pointed out that in the comments on YouTube that we're a bunch of idiots that it's a real accent, she was in Brookside <laughs>
1: Oh, right. oh yeah, because that's because Brookside was uh, was set in Liverpool. Right? Okay, <laughs> yeah. it's not. A... <laughs> that is quite funny though. Okay, um, but anyway, in my uh, my wanderings of this, trying to work out the context, and then just googling Brookside randomly, um, Philip, I, I don't know when this was. I think it's fairly recently. Philip Oliver and a couple of other actors who used to be in Brookside said that there would be they would be open for Brookside coming back. I'm I'm up for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah? All right, okay. <laughs> the big re- reboot that no one asked for. Uh, but never know, Bruce, I may come back.
0: In other news, um, I've announced on Twitter that we'll be discussing Storm Warning on the, the 101st podcast. Yes, mm hmm. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we can get some feedback for that. Um, a few quick social reminders uh, we're on facebook.com slash cloisterbell twitter at Podcast Bell, instagram at cloister underscore bell um, you can support us on patreon.com slash cloisterbell for bonus episodes and video diaries and more um, you can subscribe to us on youtube for, and press the bell button to be notified for upcoming live streams keep your browsers locked to cloisterbellpodcast.com for all the news and the latest podcasts And there's some other stuff on there, games and, I don't know, Liam, what else is there? Who knows? Um, You can review us on Podchaser or Apple Podcasts and subscribe to us on your preferred podcast platform and give it a share. So, on to Rose. So, Rose Tyler believes she's living another day of her ordinary life. Dressing lifeless plastic facsimiles and putting the lottery on, but after being threatened by the Autons, um, controlled by the nursing consciousness, she meets the Ninth Doctor. Uh, Crew for this episode, written by Russell T. Davis, produced by Phil Collinson, directed by Keith Boak, and the cast for this one... Introducing Christopher Eccleston as the Ninth Doctor. Billy Piper as Rose Tyler. Camille Kidori as Jackie Tyler. Mark Benton played Clive. Ellie Garnett played Carolyn. Adam McCoy played Clive's son. Think he was a real McCoy? And yeah, Nick Briggs played the voice of the nesting consciousness, if you couldn't tell. In other media, um, there is a target novelisation. You can get the script of the whole story in the hardback shooting scripts from 2005. And there's a few bits in the hardback inside story from 2006 as well. Um, It has some of the recording locations. I would say Cardiff, Cardiff, Cardiff. Trafalgar Square, Westminster Bridge. Um, It does say... La Fosse Restaurant in Cardiff. If you want to go at the restaurant, Um, Marks and Spencer as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a couple of locations to check out. (laughs) Um, Yeah, any thoughts on the cast and crew?
1: No, sorry, uh, I am a little bit distracted, but obviously get on to Rose. At the moment on Twitter, there's something that was trending, and I'm going. What the hell? It's Doctor in Distress. Yeah. Do you know that song? Yeah. Right. Okay. Trending. That's trending on Twitter right now. Uh, I found out the. Re- hang on. I need to play this. I haven't watched it yet. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play this clip. It's got audio. It's on. It's on. Qi. Hang on. Right. Hang on. Right. See. Hopefully, you can hear this
0: our doctor in distress let's all answer his sos doctor in distress bring him back now we won't take less so the audience have had a little practice (gasps) are you with me one two three four go (laughs) go I'd say that's an improvement.
1: I never thought that would... that, Yeah, so anyway, when Doctor Who was cancelled um, in the late 80s, um, it was only temporarily at this point, there was a charity single that was released called Doctor in Distress, and it's awful. Although, interestingly, Hans Zimmer was responsible for the music of that song. Um, and thankfully, it's been included on the, uh, the Trial of a Time Lord uh, DVDs and Blu-ray. Uh, if don't. you want to uh, subject yourself it would probably be available on YouTube as well it's awful the fact that it's appeared on uh, tonight's episode of QI they talk about it and they've got the audience weird. to sing the song uh, just weird anyway I just had to, <laughs> to what's deal with going that. on well, yeah. Yeah. what a tune God, this is weird.
0: Yeah. Oh. What about weird anyway um, Rose Rose Sorry. yeah we got a bit distracted there what about the Doctor and the TARDIS you think that's a better song? Which is worse? Oh. I do quite like the music video for this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> so what's going on? It's like some kind of American sheriff's car chasing these square Daleks. No. And running them over. This would have been a good uh, theme tune for the podcast.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, maybe we should. I mean it. Uh, it does. I mean it's. It's not. I mean it's cheesy, nostalgic, nost- uh, novelty so It's. I much prefer Doctor in the Tardis. I came out in, I'm sure that came out in 1988 or something. Doctor in the right. Doctor in the Tardis. I wonder. I think there was. Uh, I'm sure there was a disco version of the doctor who theme that came out in the late 70s as well at the height of disco and they went oh we'll just do a dance version of the doctor who theme why not
0: yeah why not very yeah.
1: <laughs> i think it actually got under the charts as well which is astonishing yeah not am surprised <laughs> i need to dig that out yeah. sometime. anyway
0: sorry yeah. rob back to rose. rose um yeah um speaking of which what do you think of the theme music for rose the 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 doctor who theme and what was your first impressions
1: of um
0: the theme tune
1: i liked the theme tune it was um it was it was it went back to the radiophonic element of it so it it, it harkened back to the the 60s and uh, 70s version of the theme tune but it's got um, you know, an orchestral blend to it. I thought it was quite good. What was your What was your reaction?
0: It was good because I wasn't sure which way they were going to go. Obviously, would had the TV movie theme, mm-hmm. um, which was entirely orchestral. Yes, yeah, I was going to say, but in a different way. It had a, it had a, it didn't have the same energy, mm-hmm. and I don't think uh, a Doctor Who theme has had as much energy as this one since.
1: Yes, that's true. Yeah, I'd agree with that.
0: Yeah, I, I do. I do agree. With it was a bit. It was a bit because we had it for, for, what was it, four and a half series. So it, yeah, it was with, time with to a change.
1: slight slight variance of it, I think it got a bit more. Like I think it was series four where they changed it. Yeah, uh, and it, it had bit of. It sounded a bit more rock.
0: Did yeah. Yeah. That was noticeable, but. Yeah, I think that was one of the, one of the highlights of the. Uh, of series one. Mm-hmm. They got the music right. Um We get this establishing shot of Earth, which is great. We've got these, this kind of star field, but it was reused a bit, I think, further down the line. Yes, I think it was. I can't for the life of me remember. I'm sure oh, it was uh, used twice. The least... Runaway Bride, and possibly once with Martha. I don't know.
1: Yeah, that's what I, that's what I'm thinking. I think it was used at least uh, twice, which is, you know, fine. It's um It looks good. Yeah, um, and you know the, why not reuse it? There's nothing wrong with that. Um, so yeah, the the, the episode uh, definitely uh, opens up very strongly. You go straight into the. I mean, the title sequence is incredibly fast-paced. It's using the the time tunnel of Tom Baker's time as the Doctor and the the six uh, and the ninety-six TV movie as an inspiration for it. It's very very fast. Yeah. And we've and got
0: this, these two styles in the vortex, we've got this, the red, which is, I think that's moving forward in time, yeah, and it's quite raw, mm-hmm. and, and um, going back in time is the blue, which is more kind of streamlined and contained.
1: Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's got a, a very, you know, it's very, 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 you know, fast-paced, you, you know, it's going straight in, excitement, and all the rest of it, and then as soon as you come out of that uh, title sequence, then we go straight into the, as you said, the establishing shot of Earth. So there's a brief moment of calm before we then pan to Earth and then go, like, crashing into the United Kingdom, zooming into London. Um, so I think um, the style of the show, uh, in terms of the structure and the pace of it, and what RTD and the whole production team are wanting to do, is established from the off. Mm. Um, be- uh, I mean, I think there's a... There's, they settle down a little bit and um, bed the show down, certainly by the time that um, David Tennant becomes the Doctor, um, although it's still quite a fast-paced show. But certainly with this, the, the first series of Doctor Who with Christopher Eccleston, you know, the, the type of show that you're going to get is pretty much established from the off.
0: Mm-hmm. So the fast-paced music, um, which I guess was trying to be...
1: Uh, attention grabbing, I think, because mm. again it's these these opening moments, so we've got the the title sequence which uh you know gets you into the show and then you're establishing yourself that there's a space element to this this uh yeah. series, but we're not really gonna be looking at it because bam, we're straight into London, yeah, and we're seeing Rose and establishing her life, so she gets up at half seven in the morning, goes straight to work, goes and has lunch uh she lives with her mother. Um, but she's got a boyfriend. Uh, it's very light-hearted. They have a laugh. They get on. And so it's it's quite, uh, you know, quick cuts to establish who Rose is as a person and her life.
0: Yeah. Quite um, a young lifestyle. Maybe kind of relatable. Yes. But I'm surprised they didn't use, like, some pop music. It's, I feel like the Murray Gold score for that scene, I feel like... It's odd that uh, Russell didn't go for like an actual piece of music.
1: Yeah, so I suppose I mean it's never really crossed my mind. I mean I think um I think Murray Gold got a lot better a lot further on down the line with mm-hmm. his incidental music, um or soundtrack. Um at this early stage of the show I was never really a fan because I found that it was far too distracting. You were really aware of it and the pace of the music didn't necessarily watch the pace of what you were watching. I mean, when we watched um, and reviewed... I've forgotten the name of it now. It's the (laughs) one with Simon Pegg in it.
0: Ah, the long long game. game.
1: Yeah. I remember making this point in the long game where uh, the TARDIS lands. There's a relatively slow panning shot but Murray Gold's music is loud and very, like very very quick and it it doesn't really marry up with what you're watching and in some respects I think this is the case here yes we've got we've got these fast paced moments of establishing rose and her life but the pace of the music doesn't match what we're watching i don't think it quite marries up
0: yeah i guess so um
1: but of course it's 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 all about again it's all establishing the fact that you know that this isn't a slow um this isn't a slow television series it's 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 modern it's current um it's fast paced it's going to keep your attention and it's going to be exciting
0: mm. um and it <laughs> so, does that i guess yeah yeah you know it it, it does that so after the fa- fast, exciting bit, Rose goes down to the basement to give Wilson the lottery money. Mm-hmm. Uh so she goes down, and on on the door in the basement is H.P. Wilson, CEO. Mm-hmm. Like who is he?
1: I feel that is a reference to something, like a like a an internal Doctor Who joke or something. I right. feel like that's. I don't know what it is. Hang on, I'm gonna have to carry on Rob I'm going to listen what's it? what's it CP Wilson CP
0: Wilson but he's also the CEO and he works in the basement <laughs> yeah I don't do the lottery with people
1: nah I don't do the lottery
0: well I don't I still plan on winning but I just don't play do you think um, if you did play with people you'd be tempted not to tell them that you'd won no no I wouldn't
1: do that I <laughs> I mean they might find out when I naff off and go, I don't have to work anymore. Um and just going, how come Liam's suddenly a multimillionaire? I think they might find out.
0: <laughs> I don't think I'd want to tell anyone. Oh, um we'll also need to play Hoodle. Oh yeah. Not getting out of that. <laughs> so um well, you're doing some research. Shall I explain the rules to you? Can you multitask?
1: Uh, Yeah, I can try. Okay. Because I've so, never played... I'm, I know that's a thing and it involves coloured boxes and if you get it right, it's green. But I've never played Wordle.
0: Right. So, basically, you have to guess a five-letter word. You have six guesses. If you guess the words in its entirety in order, you've won. Mm-hmm. If you gets some of the letters, but out of order, um, you'll know if that word contains those letters. You'll also know which letters the word doesn't contain from words you've guessed that are wrong. Clear?
1: Right. Right, okay, I think so, yeah, yeah. Hang on, so this is a fi- Right, okay, so this is a five-letter word.
0: It's a five-letter word, and it's a Doctor Who word. I
1: don't know whether... Obviously, you can tell me this is if this isn't part of the rules, right? Is it? Is it Doctor Who in general, or is it specific to this episode?
0: It's Doctor Who in general. I'm afraid. Oh, right, okay. Uh, um, I'm going to say Dalek. Let's have a little look. So, there's no D. There is an E, but it's in the wrong place. Right. Okay. There's no L. There is an E, but it's in the wrong place. Okay. There's no K. So you're head. looking for a five-letter word mm. with an A and an E, but the A doesn't come second and the E doesn't come second last. <laughs> uh, you can come back in a bit if you want.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to think about this. Right. Okay.
0: You found out who Wilson is.
1: No, no, I, I, I don't think it is a thing.
0: Ah, well, he's dead now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Wilson's dead. <laughs> so, um, Rose. Wonders into a room with the mannequins. Do you think the scene was scary? Uh, no. Not personally, no. No. Did you? No.
1: I think, because um, one thing I will say about Rose is I think um, uh, Billy Piper is is I think plays the part really, really well. And I think if you're going to like pinpoint uh, a moment in Rose to actually go, you know, how good she is playing the part i would say it was this part because the whole thing of going she's gone down to the basement to find out wilson and that whole thing of going wilson wilson are you there is that you wilson uh, it's like no one would behave like that the shout for Sorry, oh, he's not here i'm sodding off now I, it's like it's like at the end of my shift i want to go home, sod this yeah um but she she <laughs> I don't think moments like that are very easy to play. That's because it's not natural. I mean, would you do that if you're told to go for working for your work colleagues? You know, you look for them and then they're not there.
0: Nah, it's like you were saying. If it's like, if it's time to go home, you're going to give everything a half hour to <laughs> Or you'll at least pretend you've done it.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so, like, uh, Um And I, so I think. You know, she she plays all she plays all that really well. I mean there's part of me back in the mind of just going, No one be, you know, behave like this Um and doing that whole thing. like uh because in terms of the script, she's made to say that and repeat this quite a bit. Um and I think she you know, plays it really rather well.
0: Yeah. God, I wonder how many takes she did. The word must have lost all meaning. <laughs> <laughs> Wilson <laughs> What was that video years
1: ago that went viral? It's a man uh, chasing his dog who then ends up chasing a whole oh bunch of sheep or
0: something. What was it called? Was it um, Winton? No. no. What was it? When the guy's chasing the dog and he's like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> yes. Uh, but oh. now it's been redone with like scenes of Jurassic Park stampedes with the same audio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ!
1: Was it Fenton? Fenton, yes. Fenton, Fenton, Jesus Christ, <laughs> I'm going to find, see if it's still on, Fenton dog,
0: yeah, it'll be up there with the sneezing panda,
1: it's 10 years old this video, this, this went viral 10 years ago, wow, I found out recently randomly funnily enough um he, I've forgotten the guy's name now he was he's the son of a minister who worked in Margaret Thatcher's administration
0: ah okay. yeah
1: <laughs> what was fenton chasing <laughs> um oh, what is he chasing in the
0: video that's a, just or horses though?
1: something like that uh oh it's deer i think
0: oh jesus christ <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah he chases red deer in richmond park and uh, he chases the, and then they end up running to to the road where there's a lot of traffic. So, uh, so yeah, yeah,
0: never good. <laughs>
1: no, never good.
0: So right before Rose gets clobbered by one of the one of the Autons, the Doctor grabs her and tells her to run. So it's a bit of a subtle but fast entrance from the Doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so yep, the Doctor's back. He's now Chris Vettelston, and we didn't get a regeneration scene. You' fine with that? Yeah, Yep. Um, we we'll have the scene in the, in the lift, which in which they discuss discuss students, and uh, and Wilson being dead. Um, so the Doctor's quite impressed with Rose's observations and stuff about the autons, about them being students. Um, so yeah, his interest has been piqued. Okay, it goes from there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so we re- revealed that he's going to blow up the relay, relay device on the roof and he tells her not to tell anyone about this so they'll it could get them killed. So anyway, you know, the shop blows up, uh Rose runs off and we see the TARDIS parked on the street for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um And I bet a lot of the viewers didn't even notice the TARDIS. Especially if well, they didn't know what it was as well.
1: Yeah, probably... Maybe not... new. Well, you would have seen it from the title sequence. Oh, yeah. Recognised it from that. Um, (laughs) And the the way that's done is... um, The camera does linger on it a little bit. Yeah. So it's obviously a thing. But especially because it's been in the title sequence, it's like, hmm.
0: God, what must have people thought when they'd never seen the show before?
1: Well, it's like what you said in the introduction of the podcast. I mean, there's there's people... (laughs) I mean, obviously... um... It's just the the fact that, you know, there are Doctor Who fans who wouldn't have been alive, who weren't born when Rose was, you know, because from our point of view, it's because, what was it, 17 years ago?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's both a while, but it's, it's, it's not, it's not like, um, it's not like it's a childhood distant memory, like it will be for some people. Mm Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's near enough. I mean, uh,
1: was yeah. 17 when it when it was, you know, and I'm 35 yeah. this year. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. I thought I was 35 yesterday, but my five-year-old daughter told me otherwise. Yeah, she went, no, you're 34. I know I'm 35 and I hadn't actually worked it out.
1: Is so that, I, ba- is that was bad? You,
0: was your daughter right?
1: Yeah. Right, Okay. I think there comes a point where it doesn't really matter. And it I think, doesn't... funny enough, it's round about this time when you can of just have uh, 30, yeah, who cares? It
0: changes every year. And it rarely comes up. Or how old are you? I mean, it might to some people, but uh, it's like, you just get the hang of it, then it changes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I do think it's that, because, yeah, I think it's round right about this time when you start to, th- when, uh, when someone may ask you your age, it's at oh. that
0: point where you have to stop and think about it. Yeah, I mean, there's certain landmarks. Like I, I remember I've passed my 30th. Hmm. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I round it up like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm halfway to forty. So Maybe that's where it came from.
1: Yeah, but no, it's just a bit. we I mean, it's sort of like tying it up to Doctor Who related. I, I mean, I remember when Doctor Who magazine came out celebrating Doctor Who's thirty fifth anniversary, and it's like I'm as <laughs> yeah, just that. Like I'm 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 older than the Doctor Who anniversary. That you know, because I got into Doctor Who when it was his thirtieth anniversary.
0: Yeah. Anyway, it's all a bit. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. Like the time between the TV movie and the revival mm. was an eternity, but it was only nine years. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: I come across something on Twitter the other day, which is when they went. They just realised that the Tomb of the Cybermen has been out longer than it was when it when it
0: was missing. Yeah. And and how long was the show on air for originally? Was it twenty six years? Yeah, yeah. That's nothing, is it? No, I mean
1: for a TV show, yeah. But I mean generally, speaking, yeah. It, it, but it in was... our minds,
0: it was out forever. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and then <laughs> just it was out from the sixties till till we were born. Mm. But but uh, twenty six years is the is the new era past that yet? No, no. Wait. No, 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 not yet. No, because
1: no, so. Rose was seventeen years ago.
0: Ah, right, okay, it will do.
1: So, actually, if you want to, if you want to compare it as, to the original series, that's uh, that's up to Tom Baker's penultimate season. What? So, from an earthly child to the horns of Nyman
0: is ah, Rose. Okay, t- t-
1: if you get, if you follow me. So, um.
0: Yeah, that, that Clive, who we're going to talk about soon, mm. he's back in big finish.
1: Is he? Don't I'm tell sure. me he's playing the same character.
0: Yeah. Clive, the early years. <laughs> I, well, I don't know if it's quite Clive. I don't know if it's Clive, the later years. Well, <laughs> well
1: it could be. But <laughs> it, well, it wouldn't be after this, would it? Well, it could be he died off screen. Yeah, but judge uh, d- yeah, no right. judging by might, the reaction of his made wife. made a
0: missed. Oh shit, his his wife might have been like, oh no, they missed. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's true, I hadn't thought of that. Someone will tell us, hopefully.
1: So hang on, seriously, is he playing Clive in Big Finish?
0: Yeah. Ah. Unless he's a Pete's World Clive. Anyway. So, the following day, the arm returns through... It doesn't return, it, it, the arm arrives through Rose's cat flap, and the doctor tracks it down, mm-hmm. thinking he's tracked Rose down. Um, So, Jackie's excited to have a stranger in her bedroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though her daughter's in the other room. Yeah, but what was Jackie really after here? Was it because um, it, so, it was something to do with the compensation, potentially?
1: No, it's not how I mean possibly, it's not how I read the scene. I just thought, you know, it's uh she thought, oh, the, the doctor looks a bit dishy. There's a strange man in the room. Yes, there's anything could happen. I think it's um and obviously it's supposed to be quite humorous, but it's it, it's that wonderful way of how Russell T Davis can, you know, when he's at his best, he can uh, write humorous scenes which um establishes the characters
0: yeah I guess it did just that yeah yeah
1: it uh you know t- during those few lines of dialogue which you know which are funny, you get who the doctor is
0: and you get it, and you
1: get who Jackie is, mm, and it's great, and then you move
0: on yeah uh, that actually makes sense yeah mm-hmm. um so the doctor has a few quick reads, looks in the mirror, seemingly for the first time, yeah, he's looking at his ears, I'm guessing not.
1: But I don't know. I
0: mean it was it, it's a curious scene
1: because it does seem to I mean I remember when I first watched this back in 2005 and I still read that moment in the same way which you know cuz you know he he looks in the mirror, flaps his ears and you know makes a comment and some of the lines of our oh, could have been worse. It is as if he's looking at the mirror in the for for the first time.
0: The arm attacks the doctor and Rose thinks he's just kind of doing it for the crack. But then he he disarms it, so it's it's harmless. Uh, so Rose chases after him, and he explains to her uh, like what's going on. Um, nice, kind of keep, keeping in keeping in line with the fast pace of the story. They're having a bit of a chat while they're walking, um, mm-hmm. which which is good. And then they have the great uh, turn of the world speech. Yeah. Uh, do you like that? Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean. I think
1: um I mean Christopher Eccleston is a good actor and uh and Doctor Who was un- unlike any other part that he he played before and since and um I think by the time he left the series he really nailed it. I think this early on I, f- I don't think I-, I mean I don't I- I'm not suggesting that it's a bad performance but I'm you know when I when I'm watching him this early on in the series I'm aware of I'm I can see him acting if you know what I mean you know where right. uh, where you can kind of see like um so within this scene when the when they when they're starting off and they're, they're going down uh, the stairs and then uh, they exit uh, the flats and then they're walking and it, it's actually you know quite a long tracking shot you're, you're following them through and they're having this conversation mm. i'm watching that scene i'm watching christopher Eccleston, you know comparing it to billy piper like i said before she's just effortless you know the, the way that she plays the part just, it just comes naturally her, to like breathing i think it's really really good and then when you watch christopher eccleston's performance it's i'm in a kid's show so i have to come across as light mm. and i can it doesn't it doesn't feel natural. You know, he's trying to have this, even even everything to down to the way that he's walking with this sort of bounce to him. It doesn't seem to work but when they stop uh, when, when Rose asks the Doctor, seriously, who are you? And then he goes into that speech about, you know, how we were saying about the world revolving and da-da-da-da and all the rest of it. One, uh, I really like the dialogue and two, that's, you know, then uh, Eccleston seems to shift gears and get into it get into his stride and perf- he performs that moment really really well. Mm. Um now as I, so as I said it's not an awful performance but um there the are parts when I watch Rose and uh cuz I remember when it was first broadcast back in 2005 I honestly thought that Eccleston was totally miscast if I'm honest. Um Right. Uh, I don't think that now. I think that you know that that's really harsh. Um, but yeah, th- there are moments within this episode where I can see I can see the sort of the cogs going a little bit. But then there are moments when you go, yeah, it, he's kind of nailed it. And this this whole moment in the in the show seems to capitulate all that. So the way that it starts, I'm kind of seeing Eccleston trying to get to grips with how he plays this part in in a show like Doctor Who. Yeah, And then when he's given something, you know, um, when he can just pause and be a bit serious, um, that's when he's at his best.
0: Yeah, you, you definitely notice that shift in tone in a few of the other stories as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. With regards to him kind of warming into the character, I'm pretty sure that World War Three might have been the first story in this block as well. Right. Okay. So I think Rose might not have actually been the first.
1: No, no, I'm not saying it was the first. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think it was the first that was uh, that was shot, but it was, it was shot quite early on. Um, and I think, I mean, by the time you get to Boomtown and the final two episodes, uh, you know, the parting of the ways and all that, I think that's when he's really nailed it. He's got that, um the ability to play the humour and the light-hearted moments as well, you know, as strongly as he plays the serious moments. Yeah. Um, but this early on, it's he's finding his feet with it, and I think it's evident. As I said, it's not, it's not a bad performance by any stretch of the imagination, but you can kind of see he's still trying to work it out a bit.
0: With regards to um, characters being developed in this episode, we'll have Mickey... Um now, the feeling I got was that we're not really meant to like Mickey mm-hmm. in contrast with how he would be later in the show um you know his character develops a lot, and we'll see another side of him um looking back at this episode in retrospect, you can see you can kind of see um that side of Mickey that's there, but you know it's not um it's not really highlighted so in this story we have um we see sides of him that maybe he's not that caring or maybe he's just he's not that exciting for rose mm-hmm. um what was your feelings did you dislike him initially
1: i've never really had that much time with the character if i'm honest but then i haven't had much of a problem with him i thought he was i thought he was fine he was part of the show it sort of worked Coming back to the episode now, um, I didn't really care for the character, and I wish at the the end of the episode you know if if I was to go back and and watch all these episodes again and, and follow it through as a series, I kind of wish that mm, at the end of Rose Contnie just ditch the character because I think the way that he's established is initially sort of the comic relief. Uh, But there's too much comic uh, relief in this episode, as enough as it is. Mm. And I don't think it's particularly funny or heartwarming or anything like that. And then later on in the episode, he just comes across as a bit of a dick. You know, when he's... um, you know calling Rose his woman and then telling him not to like read his emails and all the rest of it and it's just mm, right mm. okay yeah uh, and then at the and then but certainly by the end of the episode when they're uh, dealing with all the situation and Rose actually you know comes and saves the day it's Mickey who says um you know don't save the doctor he's not worth it and he's really weak and pathetic and completely unsympathetic mm-hmm. and it's interesting you know later on when you get to uh, um uh, Dalek and the long game, you know, with the character Adam, yeah, now, I know a lot of people don't like th- that character and are really happy when he when he's ditched and I'm not for one suggesting he should have become he should have become a long term character, but in comparison actually um I think when you look at how the doctor Tret Adam at the end of the long game compared to the way you know how Mickey was behaving here. Mm-hmm. Um I think maybe you were a bit too harsh with him because you forgive him and I just think uh I wasn't really impressed with Mickey and I think really if you were you know perhaps um you know reapproach this direction you could have that character but at the end it's sort of like right you're dead wood uh you're pathetic and all the rest of it I'm ditching you and I'm going for the you know because and yeah. the doctor's
0: the other man yeah yeah Yeah
1: and um yeah, so it's it's funny coming back to it. I had no time for Mickey at all.
0: Mm. And you are
1: kind of questioning going what's Rose doing with this pillock?
0: Yeah, maybe he shouldn't have been brought back. I mean, he was brought back in a good way, but it kind of ends um with the fact that Rose doesn't Rose no longer has a job. It was blown up. Yeah. She no longer has a boyfriend, has an attachment there. Um mm. um our mother's fine at home you know she's she's really got no ties at home yeah um so may, maybe it would have been best to leave Mickey alone in the future
1: yeah i think by all means have him here but ditch him at the end and then later on when you want to bring Rose home i mean you've already sta- established Jackie and i think it would be a bit harsh for Rose just to ditch her mother when they clearly get on mm. i think you know th- th- that's fine bring her character back but um yeah.
0: Mickey, nah. Yeah, that said though, when he does come back, they do change the tone and um, the way you're meant to feel about him is different. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't yeah, know. that's true. Yeah, we're kind of warm to him because uh, he's more welcomed. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but 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 on the basis of this episode alone, yeah, it's like no, uh, go away.
0: Yeah. Um. So when we she goes around to his flat next. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, this is when we uh, had the scene about him saying, no, you know, don't read my emails. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think he makes bad cuppers? Yeah, he's,
1: yeah, he does. I mean, that's another thing as well. He strikes me as someone who can't make a decent cup of tea as well. Yeah.
0: Because she says, I mean, like, you, know, that... you know, make sure you wash it. Don't rinse it this time.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can't, so this is, a, I mean, maybe... I you know, don't want to particularly do dishes, but, you know, you got to do them. In fact, you can't even wash a cup without being told mm. how to do it properly. I mean...
0: <sighs> yeah. Don't you hate it when you get a mug and it's just brown inside? Like, like just add water <laughs> for an instant cover. <laughs> yeah. So Rose does a bit of research on, um, on the internet. Now she searches Doctor Who and she does get a lot of medical stuff. I actually find that problem. Do you get that? If you're searching Doctor Who blah blah blah.
1: <laughs> uh, to be honest Rob I don't tend to do that.
0: Yeah I don't just research like Doctor Who blue box <laughs> like she does.
1: <laughs> Actually hang on I've got to do that. Hang on. See if it... I mean it probably works. Uh, hang on. Doctor Who.
0: I bet you something Doctor Who comes up.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I mean I'd be surprised if it doesn't. Doctor Who blue box. They'll probably just come do you mean TARDIS? Yeah. Uh
0: one of the best things, though, is when you type Doctor Who, hit news, and you find a headline, which is, Doctor Who did something or other.
1: Yes, yeah, that actually, that has happened. And it's like... will do that now. Doctor Who was committed of murder. <laughs> Jesus, the show's got dark. Uh alright, oh, okay, no, it's
0: actually... Yeah. Let's have a little look.
1: Yeah. No, it's a whole load of images of the TARDIS. Then you've got the, what is the blue box in Doctor Who? It's the TARDIS. What is the Doctor Who police box? It's the TARDIS. Then there was a Doctor Who novel called Blue Box.
0: Huh?
1: Yeah, it's all Doctor Who related stuff. How disappointing.
0: Pregnant Jodie Whittaker holds hands with daughter on morning stroll.
1: Wow. <laughs> cool story, bro.
0: Um. Jodie Whittaker replaced by Danny Dyer as David Tennant no longer dot, dot, dot. Oh,
1: that's clearly clickbait. Yes.
0: What else? David Tennant's going to the Wales Comic Con. Uh, Barrman just backed out the other week. Someone from work's actually going to that soon.
1: Oh, they are right. Uh, do they know who else is going to be there?
0: Uh, guest wise, I think some of the main guests I noticed um Bruce Campbell. Which is pretty cool. Uh who else? There's quite a few. Shall I actually um I'll tell you. Oh, okay, yeah. Evangeline Lily is going. Um from I don't know, Lost the Hobbit and um Ant Man. So Wales going on. Maybe we should have went. Andy Serkis.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. Uh,
0: Lords of random Lord of the Rings people.
1: <gasps> David Warner. Oh, is he? Hang on, am I the right? this is Cardiff mm-hmm. Comic Con, isn't it?
0: Wales Comic Con.
1: Oh, hang on. I would I would have thought it would be guest list. Cardiff, but
0: Christina Ritchie, Catherine. Hang on, can Tate? you send me the link? Yeah. Uh, I'm on the li- page for the guest list. It's all sold out I'm afraid so you can't go.
1: Mm.
0: Mm. How much would you pay? I'll tell you the prices. If you wanted uh, the, the, the full VIP weekend ticket.
1: Oh, I'm sure that'll be
0: extortionate. Yeah, uh, 400. And that gives you two pound photo tickets.
1: <laughs> oh yes, okay, yeah, you're right. David Tennant, Andy Summer
0: Glau. Brian Blessed Sam J. Jones Flash Gordon Kevin Conroy he's a cool Batman Um. David Bradley Catherine Tate the voice of Mewtwo <laughs> the dad from Sister Sister Ray
1: what? I do think I've got quite a few Joseph the, uh, Marcel
0: ooh the cast of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air
1: yeah, there's quite a few of them, actually, including Joseph Marcel, who played the butler, who was also in Remembrance of the Daleks. Yeah. Oh,
0: the the strong sister from Encanto. Julian Glover? Yeah. Lots of Hobbit people. Colin Baker, Paul McGann, Sylvester <laughs> McCoy. they the I'm not interested. Sean Pertwee. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Mario? Super Mario? <laughs>
1: Super Mario? <laughs> oh, I okay.
0: uh, no. know. We'll go next time, eh? Yeah, yeah, be quite good. So, out of those those names, who, in your mind, is the biggest celebrity? Um.
1: Hmm. Good question. I mean, Andy Circus has definitely got to be up there. Um. Brian, but but then you got Brian Blessed. I mean, that man's a living legend. hmm uh. I still think, in my mind, Bruce Campbell's top. For me personally, I think probably Julian Glover. Right. The reason being is, one, I generally think that he's a very good actor. But then, you know, pretty much anything that, that, you know, I mean, he's been in Doctor Who twice. He was in The Crusade. He was in um, City of Death. He was in an episode of Blake 7. He was in Star Wars. He played the main villain in the James Bond film for, for Your Eyes Only
0: so rose finds a website about the doctor um made by clive so mickey drives her there concerned that clive might be a murdering internet lunatic so rose meets clive um tells him that her boyfriend's in the car just in case he kills her and clive's like yep good point you know i am the source (laughs) come through to my shed (laughs) (laughs) uh he shows us some of his stuff he's got um it's a shame we didn't see any past doctor photos here he just kind of keeps that to himself and he's like well that's your doctor over there let's just look at the excellent years." and uh yeah (laughs) that's about it
1: no, I know what you mean. I think that if you were to have a scene like that now, then they'd probably do that. But when you're establishing an entirely new show and, you know, the Doctor's weird enough as it is, I think you don't want to confuse the audience too much. You know, just try and keep it as straightforward as possible. So I can I can kind of get why they took this approach. Yeah. Uh, I mean, from from our nerdy fan perspective, uh, why didn't you include a photo of Peter Davison? Uh, but... um. But no, I, I, I actually think in terms of establishing the series, I think this is, in that sense, it's yeah. best to do it,
0: yeah. Yeah, I guess it's quite clear for the viewers, mm-hmm. especially the line about how uh, I think it, maybe it's a title passed on from father to son. That can have a double meaning to the viewers depending on what they how, what they know about the show. Yes, in true. Them, yeah, in yeah. their minds, it could mean all the, the years of Eccleston. Mm -hmm. going around time or to us it could mean all the different faces yeah so yeah it's explained quite well Mm -hmm. um is clive a bit of an unfair representation of the fandom
1: (laughs) i mean you're watching the scene and especially sort of uh you know the whole thing of uh the fact that it's it's a woman who's interested, you know the wife's making a woman is interesting to... uh it's just like are you mm, are you making a point because it's subtle um
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean it seems... is little um this weird shed, take me on the YouTube live streams in the shed,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh so so anyway clive <laughs> I think that's good. I'm
0: gonna call you that now. yeah um. Oh, um, quick! Quick! um, Go back to Hoodle. He mm-hmm. got a five-letter word. That's no, not Dalek. I, I've been trying to rack my
1: brains. I cannot for the life of me think of another. I thought. I thought I had. It's going to be obvious. It's going to be Dalek. Well, what do you mean it's not Dalek? I'm, it's going to be a bit harder than that. Um, I nearly did, Clive. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have an A in it. And you didn't. You did say it was Doctor Who in general, not this episode.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um. You can think of any five-letter word, and you might gain or eliminate some letters.
1: No, that's... <laughs> get that. The thing is, I I cannot for the life of me think of another Doctor Who word which is five letters long that has an A
0: and an E in it. Right. Okay. So this maybe that maybe that's the problem with this game because when you play Wordle, you have um all the five-letter words that exist to play with.
1: Yeah. So basically, you have to have a good vocabulary. No. No. I get that. Um. Ah, uh, yeah. What's another?
0: Maybe this is a bit hard. I was actually going to stretch this to two games, originally.
1: Uh, right. Um. Yeah, hang on. Um,
0: Should we just scrap it?
1: No, no, it's kind of... Uh, I mean, it's probably one of those things that when you when it comes to telling me the answer, I'll be like... Uh how uh, right, okay, but
0: uh, I, mean, I mean, we could probably stretch this one game out over a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs>
1: probably could. Uh, it's got an E in it, and it's Doctor Who in general. Yes, and it's five letters.
0: Unless I've spelt it wrong. No, it's definitely that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah it's not Master, is it? Because that is six letters. You do know that, Rob, oh, don't yeah, you? Yeah, do. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh yeah, but you told me that A isn't the, the second isn't the second letter as well either.
0: Yeah, the, the A and the E aren't in the right place. And it doesn't have a D and L or a K. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, back yeah. to bros. Clive says, you know, ah, I think the doctor's an alien from another world. Say right. Right. You ah You're a nutter. <laughs> yep so she returns to the car completely oblivious to the fact that Mickey looks like a cartoon character yes and then they go for pizza mm-hmm. pizza yeah. pizza <laughs> um yeah uh this what the hell so <laughs> this uh, is stupid so I don't... mickey zigzags down the road and somehow they get to the pizza restaurant
1: yeah and somehow, you know, despite the fact you know, so it's like an old don hasn't driven a car before, so he's like hearing all over the road. How come Ro- roses not screaming? What are you doing? Um, so. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Kids, just their attention spans not there, is it? <laughs> no. no. Um, and of course, we didn't mention the bit earlier where the bin shakes. Mickey goes over, gets stuck, gets eaten. <laughs> Yeah, have you got anything to say about that scene? Um,
1: I think it's stupid. I mean, I've got to admit when the when the, <laughs> I'm, I'm watching this scene and going because even back in 2005, I thought the CGI wasn't great. Um, I just think, oh my god, what is this? This is just yeah. stupid. Um, there's no sense of atmosphere to the use of no. the autons at all, and. It's it's stupid. It shouldn't be done. But I couldn't help it. I still oh. laugh with the fact that the bin belches.
0: Yeah. You know what? Um, before we're doing this today, I considered going out in the garden and get a photo of me stuck to the bin. I was going to Photoshop it. Oh, okay. <laughs> think I sh- think I shouldn't have done... Uh, yeah. Uh, not a good idea. Yeah. No. But, uh,
1: have you- what are your thoughts on it?
0: It's... It's stupid. Mm-hmm. It's not funny. <laughs> not scary. No. Like, were we meant to be scared of bins forever?
1: <laughs> oh. No. There was a couple of weeks after this episode was originally broadcast. It, you know, I did keep, you know, every scene you're walking down the street, you see a, a wheelie bin. Just going,
0: oh, yeah, that was a thing in Doctor Who. <laughs> um... <laughs> Remember when we didn't have wheelie bins? Yeah. Yeah. We used to just have like a big. Metal bin, you have to drag out. I met the uh, th-
1: uh, the wife of the husband who invented the wheelie bin.
0: The wife of the husband.
1: No, hang on. That, yeah, hang on. No, the yeah, hang on. It's tired. I'm. It's late. Um, <laughs> I met. Think a riddle. The wife of the man who invented the wheelie bin. Yeah, uh, Scandinavia, and uh, on the basis of that, apparently he made millions. They were, you know, quite, they were quite well off. Yeah, and that was all on the basis of inventing the wheelie bin. That's good. Um, but anyway, back to Rose. The whole, the, you know, um, so in the, it's also John Pertwee's first story, but the very first story which introduces us to the Autons, which is Spearhead from Space. It's mm. established in that story that Autons can look like humans, yes. but there's a slight sheen to the face mm-hmm. you know which makes it look like are they slightly perspiring but obviously it's it's the it's the plastic but they look you know pretty down close but there's a there's a creepiness there yeah that's really good i like that make it creepy he looked, well you described it really well he looks like a cartoon character yeah and it's sort of like how can anyone believe that actually looks like somebody and it makes rose look stupid mm-hmm. does no one any favors <clears throat> yeah uh, the way that's executed and it's um it's one of those things where i think that the episode's too lighthearted for its own good um, it you know when i'm watching it there's real no sense there's there's no real sense of threat, hmm. and considering that the fact that we later have, see the Autons become activated, and gunned down—you know, people, people in died. The public, play, you know, people die. Maybe Clive. Uh, yeah, maybe Clive as well. Uh, well, I think it's—I think it's made perfectly clear he dies, but I know what you mean. But um, <laughs> the fact that you've got—you know—you've got a story which contains all that, and there's the fact that the overall tone and feel of the episode feels like, uh, inconsequential. And I think it's a shame. I think the story could have been, um, I would have preferred something a bit more creepy.
0: Yeah. It's like the whole thing about uh, the living plastic. That's, that's a scary idea. Like, like mm. That would have been infiltrated. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that could have been played a lot better
1: yeah i think lot. Uh, yeah a lot better
0: mm. yeah and the old ones just haven't came back in any big capacity since have they
1: um they did in what i think was quite a confusing way with rory
0: yeah I, I but that was more of a the 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 character narrative it wasn't like a villain yes. story
1: yeah know? yeah that yeah so you're right. It's. Um... I mean, it was quite nice in the sense that you know when when the episode ends and you have uh, Robert Holmes getting a credit
0: yeah. for creating
1: the Autons. That was that. I thought that was you know it's like Robert Holmes like one of the best writers.
0: That I was one, to... That was a standout bit for rewatching it. Mm. I thought, oh look, there's a real link to Doctor Who here. <laughs> A word. Yeah.
1: Um, you know the fact that they they went to that bother of actually going, you know, the Autons were created by Robert Holmes, and we men- mentioning that I think was just a really nice thing to do. Yeah. But it's just great to you know, uh, in 21st century Doctor Who, you know, still seeing his name, I mm. just thought it was was great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would like the Autons to come back, and I would like them to come back in a, in a much stronger, you know, creepy way. There's, there's something. There's something you can really do about that,
0: um but anyway. So, they go to the the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, the doctor arrives, pops a cork into Mickey's head. Mickey chews it. Mickey spits it out. Yeah. He turns his hand in in some kind of pizza flipper. He smashes the table. Um, <laughs> yeah. The doctor pulls Mickey's head off.
1: In another great way. <laughs> Pulls Mickey's head off, holding it in his hand. <laughs> Just see two people sitting on a uh, sitting at a table <laughs> screaming their heads off, and yeah. the doctor smiles at the fact that it's creeping them out.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the guy that screams, I think, was Russell's mate. That he oh, got. He, he, yeah, he gave him this role as a favour.
1: Oh, okay. That's cool. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know that. Oh, okay.
0: So the the legget with a the head, they're being chased by the headless pizza flip Mickey. Then Rose enters the TARDIS for the first time. We mm-hmm. don't see what she sees entirely. Yeah. Um, she goes back and does the whole the whole run around of the TARDIS before mm-hmm. going back in. Yeah. Um, brilliant scene. Uh, I, I know um, Russell T. Davis and Julie Garner had a had a bigger scene in mind of the camera actually going in through the doors, through this threshold, and and then coming up and doing some fancy uh, motion tracking around the whole set or something like that, um, which was a bit over the top. But the scene we got, uh, I think it was done really well, and uh, we have this new piece of music from Murray Gold, not in tone with what we've had in the episode so far. Um. And we get this reveal of the TARDIS interior, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. I think, unfortunately, we did see it from the trailers. It's nice when it's a, a first-time reveal. Like like we did it in the ele- the 11th hour. That was good because we literally had no idea what it was going to look like. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, I think the scene's really good.
1: Yeah, I think it is. And, and I didn't know that they were intending so- uh, something... Uh, a lot bigger the way that you describe it i actually pleased that they they didn't do that i think this is definitely a case of less is more much more simpler approach uh, approach working much more effectively um because you know the, the whole thing is that we are being brought into this world of doctor who through the character of rose and rose is you know us effectively Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she's a, an ordinary person, and bringing ordinary people in, into this, so she's the, the the eyes and ears of who we are. Um, and so, having seeing her reaction, then stepping out and doing the whole, you know, f- you know, famous Tardis walk around, and then going back into it, and then mm-hmm. finally seeing it, I think that's a, a really good and effective, uh, strong, dynamic way to reveal the, the the inside of the Tardis and the whole thing of. It's bigger on the inside than the outside. Yeah. And then that leads into, I think, which is a really nice scene of the Doctor plugging the head in and, and him explaining what he's trying to do. And then, you know, and then turning to Rose and going, right, OK, ask your questions. It's bigger on the inside. Yes, it's alien. Yes, you're alien. Yes. Is that all right? Yeah. Then the culture shock. It's, you know, it's it's a very, very straightforward, uh, you know, back and forth between these two characters you know yeah uh, but it's uh you know that's i think that's good writing I, i think you know i mean russell t davis is is you know very very well respected as a television writer um i'm always a bit sort of hit and miss with him i respect him in a lot of ways but i don't think he's as deft and as subtle as he sometimes could be uh, sometimes I wish he could, you know, tone things down a little bit, but that just comes down to personal taste. This is a case for me where I think uh, his um, very fast, uh, stripped-down delivery works incredibly well. You know, a lot is being conveyed within um, as few words as possible. I mean, and in that moment, it's just basically you know someone asking a question, and then saying yes, and that going backwards and forwards. So that's as stripped back as you can possibly take it, and it works incredibly well. And again, that's backed up, I think, you know, uh, with both actors, you know, delivering that incredibly well uh, also. So I, yeah. I like the ho- I like that whole scene. I think it's very strong.
0: Mm-hmm. I think they did. Uh, they were really lucky getting Billy Paper. I'm sure mm. they did uh, make extensive casting but it was a it was a risk
1: yes because I think she she had acted before but nothing as big and I I mean uh, to remind people or to to let people know when Billy Piper was was cast to appear in Rose she was predominantly known for being a pop singer Mm -hmm. and we're not talking you know great I mean popular uh, you know they did reasonably well in the charts, but not a great, you know, pop performer, but that's what she was known for. And I remember when it was announced that, um, you know, Christopher Eccleston was going to play, uh, play the Doctor, which was obviously a very deliberate decision of, you know, a well-respected, serious actor being cast in that. Got a lot of respect, but a lot of people had a lot of raised eyebrows going, Billy Piper, Really? And I remember having conversations with people at the time saying they'd never seen Doctor Who before. And they were kind of intrigued by it with all the uh, publicity that was happening. But they were saying, but Billy Piper, really, I think she's going to be awful. So I think a lot of people had that reaction. But uh, but very quickly, I think as soon as this episode was broadcast, changed their mind. I and mean, you, know, you know what? She's she's pretty much the, the best thing in it. mm uh yeah. so 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 yeah i I totally agree with you it it was a risk, given i think the the reputation that she that she had
0: and it really pays off when you get mm. some of the the more emotional scenes as well yeah later in the later in the series mm- mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm. um so she's a bit concerned about mickey like what you it just it just killed my boyfriend and he didn't even manage to bother to tell me. Mm. Um, but you just get over that quite quickly (laughs) Uh, and uh, also at this stage it doesn't get over complicated with the fact that it's also a time machine Mm -hmm. that's just thrown in at the end nicely yeah Uh, so Mickey's head's hooked up to the console um, in order to track the signal to its source Mm -hmm. but as the head begins to melt um, the Doctor takes flight and they go after it and this is the first um, time from the viewer's perspective you see the tortoise move. So they exit the TARDIS um, it disappears here and reappears there the Doctor says so um, explained very well In Rose's thinking how she's going to tell Mickey's mum that she, he's dead <laughs> um, but yeah she doesn't seem too devastated herself just the fact that she has to deal with it. The Doctor explains why he has a northern accent. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. And also why the TARDIS looks like a police box. Mm-hmm. They got stuck that way. He explains how the nestines food, stock- food plants were destroyed during the war. This is the first mention of the war. And he's also looking for a great big round transmitter. So mm-hmm. Rose notices the London Eye. She's like, you know, it's over there. Turn around. He doesn't quite see it at first, but then he does.
1: Oh, isn't it hilarious? <laughs> um, I don't mind it as such. So yeah, as you say, the the way that it's done is the doctor says that he's he's looking for a tan eye. They know that it's uh, that they're not too far from it. It's a, it'll be a big round thing. That d- Rose clocks that it's got to be the London eye. Um, the doctor realizes Rose's reaction, turns around, looks oh, back at Rose yeah. again turns around again looks back at, he does it three times now I think it's you know it's it's a nice little obvious joke to do but I think they re- it's it's sort of like almost bordering on um, chuckle vision type uh, delivery of the <laughs> joke you know you got the joke but you you, you you do it so much where you really overkill it I think if the doctor did it twice clocked it then fine move on but the fact he does it three times mm. then clocks it on the fourth um stretching it just yeah. a little bit too much and I th- and that goes into the thing as well the show, the show is i think this episode i mean i i would have much preferred it and i think it would have been much more stronger if they they really delved you know really went to town a little bit with um with the humor um with the atmosphere of it but they go in the the, the opposite direction and be a bit more light with it is what they yeah. want to do fair enough um of balance it is and you know i suppose when you're introducing someone to a show maybe going in this direct you know tonally in this direction is probably the safer bet um so i can kind of see it up to a point but i think but then at the same time i think that they overplay it a bit too much it's like tone it down a little bit please you know mm. have some subtlety you know you can be subtle um but then i think going into as i said I know RTD is you know, very well respected and uh, clearly very talented writer, as we know. And he's done uh, amazing stuff. Uh, but in terms of Doctor Who, I wish he toned it down a little bit. But he's not the only writer who I would say this for. I mean, I, I do yeah. prefer a little bit more. I mean, I think this is one of the reasons why I much prefer classic Doctor Who. Because I think it it, it could be a bit more um, subtle. mm mm-hmm um i mean not always i mean i wouldn't describe time in the rani as a particularly subtle story <laughs> but but you know what i mean it, it, it could it, it tended to be that was the overall approach whereas i think uh, modern doctor who doesn't tend to do that an awful lot and i think you know I, I think this this overtelling of of the joke of the doctor not spotting the london eye you know mm. doing the thing three times then clocking it on the fourth is um mm, tone it down a little bit please
0: yeah I think that's a bit of a re- recurring problem as well, yeah through the airs on the show as well mm, mm. Mm-hmm. um but yeah chuckle vision that was a good show What <laughs> <laughs> you said yeah uh, are they both are they Have they both died oh, um, is one of them I don't know I did read a few years ago um one of them some guy had knocked on his door. So he opens the door, and the guy uh, knocks him out.
1: <laughs> right, that, that guy, was real.
0: The, yeah, and the guy who knocked him out apparently his his wife had um, said she'd been sleeping with him. One of the Chuckle Brothers. I think she was just trying to they were probably fighting or something, and she was just trying to wind up a a partner. And he, he he took it seriously, and he went and knocked him out.
1: Well, <laughs> well, I mean, in all fair, I mean, it's not a particularly funny joke. So yeah, yeah no, I can get it. No, um, only one of them's uh, one of them's died. Right, uh, okay. twenty eighteen, I think. So anyway, uh, right. for, for any listeners who may be completely lost on what the hell we're talking about, um, Chuckle Vision was a um, children's sitcom.
0: Went it for went a on, while.
1: It went on for a long, long time. Long time. It was presented by what we call the Chuckle Brothers. I mean, they were real brothers. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it was a children's sitcom from. Hang on. Yeah, it went on for an awfully long time. I think it started in the late 80s and... And probably like,
0: the early '90s. No. It nope. went on for... Late 90s.
1: Well, original... Wow, okay, so... Uh, each episode was 20 minutes long. It went on 87 to 89. Then 91 to 2001.
0: Yeah. Do you know uh Russell, Russell then, actually wrote one? Then... T- and then 2002 to
1: 2009. Yeah. No, was- I, didn't,
0: I didn't know he wrote one, no. It was a... Uh... He said it was an awful experience. Um, he found it. He found the humor really hard to write, and the pressure of the deadline. He said it was like bleeding out of the, out of his eyeballs.
1: Oh, oh no! I didn't know that. Yeah. I've learned something.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh no! Hang on. Wait a second. Right. Okay. I've come across this uh, Instagram feed. This was November last year, twenty twenty one, and he said. Um, I, so he's referring to Paul and Barry, the, the the brothers. I knew them when they were the chuckle hounds. My God, this was hard work. I was commissioned for three episodes and thought it would be easy. To me, to you, bit of slapstick done. Oh, no. One episode was okay, but then you emptied every bit of slapstick in your head. So two was difficult, and by the end of episode three, I was bleeding from the eyes, which is what you were referring to before, Rob. Yeah. To me, to effing you, I was so late with the script, I gave it in handwritten. Um... Great writers like John Sayle and Roy Apps wrote tons of episodes they are geniuses but still Paul and Barry were lovely and I'm proud to be part of an institution plus chuckle chuckle is a universal language I got repeat fees from Uganda for years Oh okay
0: that you could write it
1: No it's like it's like, well maybe an episode because it's like it's like what RTD said in there you know uh you know, a bit of slapstick with "to me, to you," which was the the uh, the, the show's catchphrase, uh, and you know, twenty minutes, and yeah, you would you you would tend to repeat, you know, drag the the, the you know the, the joke out for five minutes, so you've got quite a bit of running time out of one of the jokes, so maybe you you know you could. Um, you know, come up with a with a scenario. I mean, it was sort of like a dumbed down version of Laurel and Hardy. Really, is probably the way to describe it. Um And I know that sounds disparaging, but I mean, it was a kid's slapstick sitcom, and it was immensely popular. It went on for years, and you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think for anyone who may not be you know aware of it, that's probably sort of like a A children's dumbed down version of Laurel and Hardy is probably the way I describe it. So if you can, you know, you'd come up with a scenario, you know, get the brothers into, um, you know, to do a job and then run with it. Usually, you know, I think you would tend to think of, you know, get them to do something physical. I mean, the obvious, the obvious one would probably, you know, the the famous Laurel and Hardy one. I think it's called the musical box. You know, the one where they they're trying to push the deliver the piano. Yeah, and it's up a hill. You know, you could you know, basically rip off that. To me, to you, and then you know. I mean, just you know, I'm not. I mean, you didn't ask me to come up with something original. You know, cobble, cobble something together possibly, but yeah. You
0: know. So back to Rose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we get a a bit more fast paced music as the pair run around, and they find a way into the underground. Um, there's a vat of plastic, the nesting consciousness mm-hmm. um and the nesting consciousness we've seen before that would be the big octopus in the tank mm-hmm. uh so it doesn't really bear resemblance, but it is just plastic, you know why would it look like an octopus? <laughs> What's your thoughts on the the look of it? It's crap. It's, it's crap. It's a bit of a, a bit of a melty face with um, a bit of a monstrous Nick Briggs voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh,
1: I mean, this isn't just a case of CGI that's dated. It looked bad at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, so if anyone, you know, just to put in you know, context, if anyone's thinking, you're being a bit harsh, it was CGI that looked decent in 2005. No, it didn't. It looked yeah. bad at the time. But mm-hmm. uh, it could
0: have used a bit more imagination for that. Hmm. Yeah, I th- yeah. Or, or, or 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 like simpler might have been better.
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. I think so.
0: Yeah, um, but you know, instead of th- like throwing his anti plastic into the vat, he tries the peaceful solution. You know, say stupid the, man. Yeah, the shadow proclamation. Um, Rose finds Mickey. He's still alive. Um, she says, "You're stinking." And he takes a whiff of his jacket, probably because he's been in the bin. Um, <laughs> how did they get Mickey there? Did they just wheel him in a bin? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Or oh, did the Autons drive like uh, a bin van? I was bin going Lorry. to say,
1: they just got themselves as binmen. Yeah, binmen.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Fair enough. So the Doctor's been rumbled, the Finder's anti-plastic, they also have it. Have his TARDIS, um, we get some mentions of the war, mm-hmm. uh, you know, during the war, and the Doctor fought in it, he couldn't save their world, so out of fear the Nesting begins their invasion straight away. So Jackie Taylor's out shopping, um, and so reluctantly is Clive. Mm-hmm. He says, What's the point in a spreadsheet if you're going to spend summer money in winter months or vice versa? So, yeah. No wonder she was shocked. She was like annoyed when he didn't die. <laughs> the shop window dummies come to life. Is this the first time we've ever seen them physically smash the windows? Oh, for God's sake, what the hell's going on? I thought you were blowing your nose. <laughs> No, for some reason,
1: uh, Twitter decided to start playing Doctor in Distress, that clip I played before. Shut up.
0: Shut up. Stupid phone. Sorry, Rob, what were we saying? I don't know. Oh, um, so the smash through the shop windows. Mm -hmm. Is this the first time we've physically seen them smash the windows? Yes. Yeah, because usually we just hear it off screen. Um, Clive is shot at this point. Right in front of his wife and children. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And a a lot of people are getting killed, actually. So, and outside, three brides line up to execute Jackie. Yeah. (laughs) She just stands there screaming and cowering. Would you cower or would you run? I'd run. Run. Yeah. (laughs) This has actually happened to you before, though, hasn't it? Has it? What? You you got you got frightened by someone who you thought was a dummy.
1: No, no, I frightened somebody. Yeah, no. What happened was, um I was it, it was near the it was near the entrance to to Marks and Spencer, and I arranged to to meet somebody there, and. um the, near the entrance they had all these tables and mannequins and there was a bit of the table where I just sat there waiting for you know waiting for, uh, waiting for my friend to turn yeah why not I'll just sit yeah. motionless by these mannequins no the thing is so I just sat there because you know I, it was because I think they texted me saying they're going to be uh they're going to be a bit later and uh then they planned so I was like well I'm not going to stand here like a lemon I'll just sit over there out of the way so uh I'm sitting there and uh you know I'm just you know, kind of staring at the the entrance, waiting for them to come. But I think, you know, I, I probably am quite still, uh, emotionless. And then I then went to turn in case they because there's a back entrance which they could have come and they could have been approaching from that way. So I'm looking at the main entrance and then I go to turn to look at the other direction that my friend could be coming on. At the same time, a woman's a woman's walking past me. She freaks out. <laughs> <laughs> no, what, honestly. What
0: was your initial thought? <laughs>
1: just, I don't know. I was just like, I, I just, I, I apologized, and she went, "No, oh, she went." I thought you were one of the dummies moving. <laughs> I went, no, that's no, fine. She had, had a bit of a laugh on it, but she was really panic-stricken, and you know, finally realized the mistake, and then sort of <laughs> just sorted off. But yeah, she honestly thought that <laughs> she thought that one of the shop window dummies had come to life honestly yeah. she she I'm sure she screamed, but yeah she she was genuinely scared, yeah <laughs> ah, funny times, yeah, <laughs> so in other words, I was once mistaken for an auton.
0: so Rose finds the courage to fight, she does some chain swinging around, um she kicks the anti plastic into the vat, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, um, it works, mm-hmm. So they all escape in the TARDIS, and somehow everything just blows up <laughs> out of nowhere. Yeah,
1: it doesn't. It doesn't really make an awful lot of sense. Don't think about it. It's explosions, and it looks nice. Yeah. Um, the model work looks uh, looks good though. Um, yeah. So uh, I think that was done by Chris Tucker, who worked on the latter end of the classic series. I think starting with Time and the Rani. Um, so a bit of a link there. And so they did um, model work of the... Um, I think it was funny enough, just the ceiling of the warehouse or whatever you want to call it, the location that there are. Uh, and then they
0: blow it up. So th-
1: there is some nice use of practical effects here. So it isn't just all CGI.
0: No. <laughs> That's good. Mm-hmm. A shame he didn't work on the nesting itself.
1: Yeah. big crap. <laughs> I mean, Time and the Rani has a giant brain. Why mm. didn't they do that? Just bring mm. that back.
0: Yeah. So the Doctor extends an invite to Rose to go with him. Mm-hmm. Um, Mickey's clinging to her like an injured dog. Stupid ass. Um, so she kind of feels obliged to stay. So she does stay behind. The Doctor goes. Then the Doctor comes back. It's like, oh, you, you know, by the way, travels in time. Mm-hmm. yeah, Mickey, thanks for nothing. Yeah. (laughs) Kicks him to the curb. (laughs) And she's gone.
1: Yeah. Spits on him. Yeah. (laughs) Runs off into the TARDIS.
0: Yeah. Then the TARDIS rematerializes, Then she comes out, kicks him a bit more. (laughs) Yeah. Then they go again. Yeah, we just didn't see that bit. Yeah. So, man, not a bad episode. Mm-hmm. More good than bad
1: Point. um I find it a bit of a, a, a funny one to to rank actually because when it comes to our rankings you know of bad average and good i mean i don't mm. think it's bad no i'm torn between do I say it's average or good
0: and uh, or fantastic uh, but, um, uh yeah it's a, it, i find it
1: it's a bit of a it's a bit of a funny one. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there's parts of it which I really do like. I think there's some really good moments in there. Billy Piper's performance is really good. Um, as I said before, uh, Christopher Eccleston's still finding his feet with how to play the Doctor in a type of show he's, you know, he hadn't worked on at that point. Does, you know, th- there are bits where you know he does a reasonable job. There are parts of it where he's done, you know, he's doing very. You know, i'm um, some really bloody patronizing he does he does really well doesn't he uh it's like yeah he should do Liam. he's a bloody well respected established actor but anyway hopefully you know what i mean, although i am coming across like a patronizing prat um uh, and it's it's quite a, a straightforward story which uh which works especially when you're introducing you know re you know your intention is to bring doctor who back you know you ground the show through this character rose and seeing it through her eyes and uh, and so i i just personally i uh, i think there are some moments which are cheesy um i think some of the humorous elements should have been toned down a bit in some cases completely removed i would have preferred it if it was a bit more atmospheric personally but for what it is and what we're attempting to do um, they do actually do a good job.
0: Yeah, I reckon it piqued the interest of more people yeah. than it discouraged.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah.
0: So it was a, it was a success. Mm-hmm. Um, should we see what the listeners thought? Yes, yeah. Okay. Married to Who podcast messaged. Yes, uh, hello, Married to Who. Thanks, uh, thanks for getting in contact. This is the first episode I ever saw I currently have a chat every every week with five of my friends about episodes from fifty nine years ago. So it's got to be pretty good, right?
1: Yeah, if you yeah, if you if it's still a topic of conversation and you're covering the whole pretty much the
0: whole history of Doctor Who and it's an <clears> episode that,
1: you know, gets mentioned, yeah. it's that's yeah. pretty
0: good. Matt from Neither the Time nor Space Pod replied to that. Also, first episode I ever saw. I'd estimate that I've subsequently watched over 200 more episodes, an entire spin-off show, Class, a pilot for a failed spin-off, K9 and Co., hmm. three pilots of successful spin-off shows, Tor- Torchwood, Sarah Jane, and K9. Uh, he's read three novelizations Damaged Goods, TV movie and The Twin Dilemma Uh, and some choose your own adventure books too Mm. he's listened to the entire Big Finish spin-off story Lady Christina I listened to his review of that uh, three weeks ago, two weeks ago and it actually doesn't sound that bad but anyway um, he's played two full series of video games and a Nintendo DS game He's raised over a £1,000 for charity through a Doctor Who-themed quiz on his podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, most importantly, met some amazing people and made some great friends. This episode started it all and it'll always be special to me. And then he did do a personal tweet after this. Thanks to the tweet from the fantastic Cloister Bell Boys... I've really reflected on some of the amazing people and fantastic friends we've been lucky enough to meet since beginning our Doctor Who journey. There's some real good eggs out there.
1: Well, th- th- thanks for that personal message. Just that, that's really nice. Thank you. And, um, y- yeah, I mean, it's uh, th- that, um, you know, f- from that uh, from that tweet, you know, Rose has had quite an impact.
0: mm Good um, or bad, it was a, it was a jumping on point. Yeah, for so Houston. so many people.
1: Yeah, for, for, that's its legacy. Mm. So you know you can criticize the episode like I have, like we have. We um, wouldn't you know, for, be here yeah, without the, it, probably. Yeah, for for all the good and bad, and really the, the, the positives that have probably come out of it are you know far exceed anything. Mm. Um, yeah, yes, it's had a good legacy.
0: Yeah, a damn good one. Yeah, that's really good. Harry from Who Can Convince You said, I remember sat in, my, sat in my nan's after waiting for what felt like an eternity since it was announced. um, The program I loved was going to come back. I remember getting Doctor Who magazine where they were teasing all the stuff that was going to happen in the series and just thinking it was going to be incredible. I enjoyed Rose, I think. I actually found the video I taped um, the other day. It feels very grounded and was probably the best way to introduce the audience to the program. Mm -hmm. Is it perfect? Far from it. Um, But it it definitely set the standard for what was expected from the revival. Can't say I've watched it in about 10 years. But it's still ingrained in my mind, which for New Who is no easy thing but to echo what Matt said previously in the other tweet, um if it hadn't have happened, we wouldn't have made the great friendships we have without Rose. Is it better than Planet of the Daleks? No. Is anything? No. Well, Harry's joining us the week after next to discuss Planet of the Daleks.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, should
0: be good. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, because, um, Obviously, he's a big fan of the story. It—that's the story that got me into Doctor Who in the first place. So, um,
0: yeah. I'm surprised we haven't done it before. Yeah, I'm pleased
1: we haven't though, because it allows us to, you know, have, have a fresh conversation about it with uh, with him. So,
0: yeah. Alexander Grogan said, "The story that started my love of Doctor Who." The performances were phenomenal, and this started the trip of a lifetime. Sean, the Mondassian Cyberman, said, Great way to introduce the revival. Sets up the characters of the Ninth Doctor and Rose nicely, and gives a hugely enjoyable story concerning the Autons and the nesting consciousness. The tone hasn't quite been nailed yet, with the burping bin and the Auton mickey. yeah 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 yeah. uh being a bit too silly Mm -hmm. but overall there could not have been a better way to launch the 2005 revival so yeah it's not perfect but uh, it is an important um starting point yes yeah yeah sonia said it was the first episode i ever saw and i instantly fell in love Eccleston is still my favourite Doctor. It introduced me to my now favourite show. Good, good. Yep, yeah, he's a lot of people's first Doctor.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Marie said, "My good friend showed me the first episode nine years ago. We watched it together. I was kind of meh about it, but um, interested enough to start the second ep after he left. It's been a, it's been all whirlwind." And Flash since then. <laughs> now I'm royalty in the Marty McLean Hall of Fame, which is over on Matt's podcast. Yeah. Not everyone's a member of the Marty McLean Hall of Fame. It's quite an exclusive club. <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah, thanks for getting in touch. Uh, remember to get in touch next week. Um, Lee will be revealing in a few minutes what the hell we're going to talk about next week. I've literally got no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a poll, how would you rate rows of the 14 people that voted, the majority being 64.3%, said it was fantastic. 35%, 35.7% said average. No one thought it was badly. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> As a conclusion, it's not perfect, but it's got this amazing legacy of um introducing people to the show mm-hmm. reintroducing the show to television which is still going yes yeah and yeah. still still trying to reinvent itself as well mm-hmm. um it's a good thing yeah. and um he christopher Eccleson's fondly remembered as well he's he's one of the names to always bring back and the fact that he's reluctant to do that only probably fuels people's desire more (laughs) (laughs) yeah you got any afterthoughts
1: i think i've said you know i'll just be repeating myself i think i said everything that i want to with it and i think i concur with a lot of people with which is that it's not perfect but you know that you know the good great great things about it in terms of giving it a score i'm going to have my cake and eat it because i'm going to give it two scores um what yeah i know hang on hopefully this will make sense right from from a personal perspective in terms of my own taste, I think it's average. Um, you know, it's it's as I said that the, there are good moments in here. There are the wonderful moments of dialogue married up with good performances, but I think there are cheesy moments and moments that don't quite work. It's not perfect. So for me, overall, the whole thing, I'd probably rank it average due to my personal taste. But but um, having said that, though. For what it wanted to do, what it wanted to establish, how it did it, uh, it did it well, uh, it got people interested in the show, what it's about and how it does it. It, it is actually quite, you know, it's very well executed. And as we, mm. we've heard from, from listeners' responses, you know, that it's had a huge positive legacy. Um, so I want to give it good as well. <laughs> so from a personal perspective, in terms of my own taste, average... Mm. but also recognizing the fact that you know th- th- there's actually a lot of positives to take from it in of yeah. itself but also its legacy
0: yeah yeah i'm feeling the same i think i'd give it an average mm. um maybe on its own merit for its legacy maybe maybe a fantastic but i'd like to I'd, i would like to give series 1 as a whole a fantastic rating <laughs>
1: Well, I I know I've got it wrong because uh, the two letters that I got before, they're still in the same place. Oh. I thought uh, it was
0: collared. Is that your guess? Do you want that submitted for guess number two?
1: Yeah, go on.
0: Okay, so uh, it can't be collared because there's no K. The A in the wrong place. Uh L in the middle. There's oh, there's, no a, there's
1: L. an L and do- Well, the whole thing's an anagram. Oh, for God! I've just realised it. Yeah, the whole All thing's right. stupid because that, it's an anagram that was of pointless. Dalek. Yes, I've just realised. Oh my God! Right, okay. Yeah, I know. I've just realised. I've just that's a stupid thing to do. Uh, guessing more letters by using an anagram with the first word that I used.
0: So you're back where you started, and you've lost a life. Yeah. Well uh, done.
1: Yeah. No, you know the thing is, Rob. Uh, I'm never going to get it because uh, uh, what, what's the
0: word? You give up. Yeah, I give up. It was Omega.
1: Ah, oh, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. I'll just, no, don't th- yeah. big carry- yeah, I don't think I would have got that.
0: Was that not that great? Is, is Hoodle cancelled from the podcast?
1: No, I'd like to do it again. I mean, I would okay. like to have, yeah. at least get one right. Okay, uh, we'll try it again next week. Right, fantastic.
0: So, what are we discussing next time on the podcast?
1: The next uh Doctor Who story is we're going back to the John Pertwee era and it's Terror of the Autons. (gasps)
0: Great.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, okay. Um... Just going to say uh, bye, everyone. Uh, unfortunately, we're having technical uh, difficulties. Uh, Rob's uh, recording is is conking out a little bit, but uh, he says bye. I can still hear him, but you won't be able to because of the recording situation. Um, so uh, goodbye from from both of us. Thank you very much uh, for listening, and uh, goodbye for now. And as I said, next week we'll be discussing Terror of the Autons. <laughs>
0: cloister bell imminent disaster the cloister bell yes what's that well it's a sort of communications device reserved for wild catastrophes and sudden calls to man the battle stations that's the cloister bell don't worry about that for now it's not really terribly significant the cloister bell
1: oh no